Welcome to Conversations on Life, Work, and Love, hosted by coaches Bonnie Blackstone and Ramey Gibbs. Our focus is to give voices to Gen X women and help them achieve a well-lived life. Well, good afternoon, Ramey. How are you? Doing good, Bonnie. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We snuck away for a few days. Um, we have a cabin uh, in eastern Washington, so we're up here in the in the trees and the sticks and playing in the snow. Playing in the snow, although Mama stayed inside yesterday. It's like I'm uh, like, yeah, I can see you. You go have fun. <laughs> it's warm in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's hot here, so it's just the two opposite ends for us. So, but it's, it's, that was so weird, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm wrapped up in a sweater with slippers on and the heat going. And yeah, and I've got t-shirt, <laughs> no shoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about today, Rainy? All right. Well, we're gonna come in hot, our tribe. Okay. So listen to us here. We're um coming in with no script. And we are going to talk about what it's like to be a Gen X woman. And this could either be a hot mess or it could be the most amazing thing we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, we're doing it. Yeah, Um, we're keeping it real today for sure. And I think we're both excited about it. Um, We were just chit-chatting a little bit before I pushed record how this has somewhat come full circle circle just the um aha moments of what it really means to be a gen x woman um it's like all the dots are starting to connect so that's what we want to talk about today and just see if it sparks an aha moment in you all out there or you know what if it doesn't if you we were also talking about that you know is it is it all of us is it us is it other generations so we'd love to hear your opinion on it yeah, and, and definitely share with us. If you don't know, we've got a Facebook page, which is a great place, or in an Instagram, actually, which is a great place to go connect with us and make comments. You can also do it on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts, but the Facebook page is probably where you're going to find us most because we are Gen X and we like <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? And what a great way to build a community. Um, and that is one thing with Gen X women that we strive for, we long for. It's hard to make friends. Um, it is hard to make friends. It, Once you yeah. leave high school, you're on your own, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so go check out the Facebook. We'll put the um, link in show notes and we'd love to see you there. And let's build a a tribe of these like-minded women and see where that goes. And we want to connect with you. We yeah. want to know your stories. We want to know what's important to you and and what you want to hear on the show. I mean, Absolutely. Really, it's all about you. What is Gen X? Yeah. Um, so we are officially, you would be 43 to 58 years old. Mm-hmm. But I think we're talking to you if you are somewhere between 40 and 60, truly. Right. Because there's some um, varying opinions on where it stops and starts. And honestly, to a degree, like, who cares? It's it's a mindset. It's um, it's where we are in our lives. Where you are in your life, how you were brought up. You know, there's all these factors. You could be like, I'm on the older end of... Gen X, whereas you, Ramey, you, you would be probably right in the kind middle. Right in the middle, right in the yeah. middle. Yeah. And I have a, a daughter born in 86. So she's a, a late millennial. Yeah. She's a, um, yeah, she's one of, on that cusp a little bit as well. But, you know, knowing her um, core and her personal beliefs, I would consider her more along the line of a, a Gen X as well. So. Anywho, if you're feeling discriminated because you're not born between 65 and 1980, don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, right? now I just got to go. That's not me. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when we decided we were going to talk about this, you, you know, I've been brainstorming a little bit, just things that I think that we should talk about. And so let's start with how we were raised differently than our boomer parents Mm-hmm. And then, and probably how millennials were raised, which you can talk to more. But from my own perspective, I think we were the first generation where divorce was common, where mom worked, 
uh, where the kids were pretty much raising themselves because we were latchkey kids. Mm -hmm. That's where the term came in was for our generation. Do you agree? Do you relate with that? Mm. I know your story, your parents were married, I think, but. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's a little bit different because of being a bit older. So uh, my parents were, they were young. So I would say they were young baby boomers, but um, we were raised more with the traditional stay at home mom. And so we were never latchkey, so to speak. Now, my brother, who's nine years younger than me, he was, as things changed. Um, He definitely was. But my other brother and I were more in, you know, mom, mom was home every night, traditional, um, father knows best sort of thing. Dinner was ready. We were clean. The house was clean. I don't, you know, my father probably thought this was normal. Like he probably had no idea the chaos that ensued prior to him coming home (laughs) to a hot meal and (laughs) children who had their homework done and the house was spotless. And so he probably hadn't a clue his whole life that, no, this wasn't normal. But um, (laughs) for me, I think, um, and I've heard this before, the women in my mother's era and yours as well were um, part of that um, 60s and 70s women's liberation movement. Yes. Absolutely. They they fought, they burned their bras, they wanted change, but for the most part that didn't happen in their um, lifetime for themselves. So there there was a lot of pressure on the daughters raised by those women to um go forth and conquer, carry that torch, pressure pressure pressure. Um sure. I wouldn't say I had that tremendously, but it was definitely, you know, mom had expectations that I would maybe she could live vicariously through me. So there was some pressure there, you know? Sure. Um, And I've, I've read that and I've heard that from other women around our age too, that there is that pressure of carrying that torch for the generations of women before us. Interesting. I think there's probably definitely some truth to that. I think my mom, um, might've been, you know, she was divorced. My parents were divorced. She was very well educated. And the interesting thing now, if I think about this, so uh, women, one of their primary jobs through, you know, the last hundred years or whatever it was as a teacher, which she was. Right. So she didn't really leave that benchmark behind. But the question is, did she not leave that benchmark behind because her dad was a teacher and she followed in that role? I mean, I don't yeah. know, right? Or yeah. was it because that's what she felt that she was able to do? Yeah. Um, I know she struggled. She always wanted to be a principal and take the next step, but she was never able to do that. Um, and I don't really know the whys, but she didn't. So. Yeah. I think in a way that kind of answers our question we were pondering before about, you know, is it our generation or were, was it generations before and will it go on for generations to come that women feeling stifled in their position and then that midlife uh, crisis so to speak that happens right um, with the time on your hands and the looking back and the remorse and the regrets and yeah I think and and it seems like well I don't know you know it happens for men and women because you always hear about the midlife crisis with men you know going and finding the young woman and driving the crazy car and all that kind of stuff. So it happens to to both sexes. But what I think happens more with women, perhaps, is that we wake up at this age, and I know it first started happening for me at 40, and it's just gotten progressive as I've aged, mm-hmm. more progressive as I've aged. But turning 40, it was that first realization of, okay, let's do a life review. Am I happy where I'm at? And do I want it to continue to be this way when I'm 60? And so- when I did that right life review at 39, I was like, okay, I'm in a marriage that's not what I want it to be. And when I'm 60, do I still want to be married to this person feeling the way that I feel? And the answer ended up being no. So I knew mm-hmm. at that point, the first step I had to take was to get out of that marriage. And then, you know, lots of things have happened since then, remarried, moved and moved and moved. <laughs> Right. Um, But but there's been a lot of moves and advancement. And I I think really uh, 50 was another huge pivotal point 
for me uh, with really starting to uh, recognize healing that needed to go on. Yeah. And I know that's pretty common talking to my therapist that usually between the ages of 40 and 60, that's when women now look at our lives and we go, hmm, maybe this isn't normal, but then what is normal? Right. And so, but maybe I don't have to feel this way. Maybe I can work on myself and maybe grow and develop. And maybe mm-hmm. I don't have to be stuck in a career for 20 years that I don't love. Maybe, yeah. you know, I mean, there's all of these things and like your story, which we can talk more about, but mm-hmm. here you are at, what are you now? 57? Um, 57. 57. Yeah. And you're raising a grandbaby, mm-hmm. um, which is now pretty common too. I think it's way more yes. common than yeah. ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sadly addictions have gone cray cray mm-hmm. right and it's yes. I think so often it starts I know we've talked about this a little bit but um historically you know we didn't have the opioids that we have now right so what starts out as an innocent med for pain turns into this horrible addiction mm-hmm. and it just spirals like a snowball from there yeah we, you know I always um just a little segue. I always call my daughter the wrecking ball, like she can't help it. It's just sure. swinging crazy and breaking everything in sight. And yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go- start channeling Miley Cyrus and start singing uh, oh, that song. I know. But- yeah. <laughs> I, I want to do the nude one where she's swinging around. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm reading this fantastic book. It's called Why We Can't Sleep, and it's by Ada Calhoun. And she talks about this midlife crisis. I always hate that word, but that, you know, for all intents and purposes, that's what it is. Um, and there was a statistic in there. Um, some economists were, were saying that we, we humans have a happiness curve in our life where you get to a certain point and you start looking around. And for women, it's like their peak happiness is in their forties. That's when, um, like you said, you started taking a look around. Am I really happy? What do I need in my life? And then it goes into this U-shaped, woo, you know, and it can go south real fast from there. And that's, you know, the old um, adage or joke of men getting a younger girlfriend or um, buying a Corvette. Um, Right, yeah. These economists were saying that, typically for women that yes that might be the time you start an affair or racking up your credit cards or you know whatever it is you go a little cray cray at that point if you're not really going in to do the work um because you're reaching back for a simpler time in life like uh, she interviewed this one woman who said she actually took up smoking again and she'd she'd hide in her bedroom and blow the smoke out her bedroom window like she did when she was 16 and she'd just sit there and smoke and, and she said I wasn't even inhaling it was just like when I was 16 just thinking I was you know dreaming my dreams and so you kind of or or you decide you're gonna go like you were in college with your friends and get all gussied up and go bar hopping um this sure. is this is what women may do if they're you know so if you're a spouse of one of these women or you know someone you're like okay honey calm down you're gonna get through this this wave and on the other side of that as you said at the 50s you're starting your healing journey yeah you've reconciled those parts and you know it doesn't have to be a bad thing but I think we're not prepared with that knowledge that you're your time is coming where you're going to have this pivot or this moment before the pivot where that's your happiness reevaluation and you may revert to a simpler time because damn times are hard <laughs> and we're going to talk more about that because the great debate is it harder for gen x women than any other generation or we just this is where we're at and it's hard um and on that Got note, it. they say men typically hit their peak at 50s. So by the time they're doing their thing, we've already figured it out. 
right? (laughs) We've always been more mature, right? So we're like 10 years ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That um, That is interesting. I I I guess it's a good thing we don't go through at the same time. I mean, what a disaster. (laughs) Oh gosh. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know that I have actually done the wild child thing. I, you know, and I'm guessing that's probably stipulations that I put on myself as a child because I never had that opportunity to really be a kid. Did you go through a period? Oh, I did. I did. Did you? Um, When I was in my 40s and single and, you know, I was a young mom. So for the most part, my children were grown and gone. I, because of the industry, my work environment, I had a lot of younger friends. So I, and I could pass for 28 or 30 in my 40s. Oh, yeah. And I look back now. You know, thank you, Facebook memories for bringing up all this nonsense. But, (laughs) oh, God. Yeah, I I had a few years there where I was a little bit ridiculous. Um, You were single, too, right, at that time? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't hurting anybody except myself. Um, Yeah, sure. But, oh, yeah, the racking up the credit cards, the acting a fool. um, Yeah. Yeah, Dating a a guy 10 years younger. (laughs) Hey, good for you, though. I know. (laughs) He was arm candy. (laughs) <laughs> anyhow awesome. yeah. yeah 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 and you're right and we we all go through these different phases and I think we're uh geez I think we're all now depending on where you are in your journey you're like we're you and I are Bonnie we're in that healing phase of recognizing what happened to us as a mm-hmm. child growing right. up Right. And now, now, okay, we've recognized it now. How do we forgive and how do we move forward and how do we heal and what does all it go into that? Right. So that's kind of where we are. But let's talk about other things too, where people in our age group, what they might be going through. Mm-hmm. So some big things we talked about a couple, but um, retirement, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people are retirement age and trying to figure out what's next, especially if they're able to retire early. You know mm-hmm. what's next for them. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking, what else was I thinking? <laughs> this happens too, where the yeah. mind just suddenly I, goes blank. Yeah, like, what the <laughs> hell? Well, you know, just to to um, piggyback on that again, this book and I, oh my god, it's amazing. You got to read it. I'm going to say that 17 more times. But they, she does um, quote a lot of statistics, and, and uh, there's a lot of economical and. Um, political stats in the book, but she talks about how um, the era we we became adults was such a crazy economic time. Um, your typical Gen X um, adult probably carries a hell of a lot more debt than your parents did. You know, we don't have the stats sure. on millennials or Gen Z yet. Let's hope they figure it out. But we typically had the extraordinary college debt or the credit card debt um housing sure. market was ridiculous as we were coming of age well, so and i don't think anybody taught us either no At least and i was never taught about no, it right I how to not. manage anything no. i don't know i you know i couldn't balance a checkbook to save my life till i was probably 30 um you know, so we weren't taught any of these things. So mm-hmm. we were just flailing and we were having a good time. Um, the peaks and valleys of the economy were just nuts. There was a big, you know, the evolution of the tech industry and right. the stock markets and all those, you know, fun movies we watch, you know, based on that. Um so there's a problem, I think, economically now, particularly with women. But you've reached this age of encroaching retirement, and you probably don't have a savings. Yeah. Um, you don't have a plan. You p- might be raising a grandchild. Yeah. Um, you're also taking care of elderly parents because baby boomers live longer now. Sure. I mean, good. I'm going to keep my mom around a lot longer, and I'm happy for yeah. that. But it's it's the truth. And you are now in the middle. Maybe yep. more than the middle. If you've got also, there's people who had children later in life. So they're raising kids and Younger taking kids. care of. Well, right. Because it's pretty common, I guess, yeah. for our generation to yeah. have, start have not start having their kids until 35, 40 years old. So. Yeah, exactly. Because they were chasing that. Um, the career. American woman career 
dream. Trying to do it all. Yeah. yeah. The Mary Tyler Moore thing. Um, do so it what's all. I going with that? So yeah, facing retirement. I think that that's an issue for a lot of Gen X women. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> well, or are, am I ever going to be able to retire? Am I ever going to retire? Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you hear two sides of the story. It's like, I never saved, so I'm never going to be able to retire and I'm not going to be able to afford to live on social security. So what am I going to do? So that's right. one, one piece of it. So and then, yeah. thank you, baby boomers for messing that up for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, and yeah. what is, I don't know what mine, I think mine says that I'm not officially, I think you have to be 78 now or some stupid age to get the full I payout. No, I don't know. It's, it's like, whatever. I'm not, I trust it'll somewhat be there for me, but will it be there as I need it? I mean, my mother's already collecting social security and sure. it's not what she expected and not what she needs. Right. You know, so it's declined even for the baby boomers at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and realistically, it's never going to be enough to live on. It's just, it's not. No, it's, one it's person not. social is not going to do it. Right. So here's another dilemma we have. Okay. So you've wrapped your head around. I I may have to work forever, but I would like to find something I love to do. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's a big thing. Yeah. So there's two two problems I see happening. Um, and just from some of the stats I've read, um, you may be in the workplace already in a job you like, you love, maybe you want to move up. They are typically overlooking the 50-year-old woman particularly in something like a tech industry where maybe they need someone to do social media work, uh, any sort of analytics that go with any online business. They're just, you could be brilliant at it. And there's still that um, prejudiced and you, yeah. they are often being overlooked for those positions. They're not even being asked. They're, sure. I mean, age, being, ageism is a real thing. It it's really is. A real thing. And, you know, and then you spiral into this feeling invisible, then trying to go out and find another job. You're also faced with that ageism and sure. discrimination. Um, it's a real thing. It is know? a real thing. And I think that's, I think our generation has probably been the real kicker for small business. Mm -hmm. um, we've really... I think we've come to realize in a lot of these things that we're not going to be what we want to be working for someone else. We want to build our own style and our own lifestyles. And oh, yeah. that's where small business, we are the drivers of small business. And we, yeah. you know, and we still are, um, even with the situations we find ourselves, we are the primary financial backers, I guess, um, for lack of a better way to say it, for the entire country. I mean, really, yeah. our generation is is it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, even though we're the smallest generation, we are also, and this is something, you know, we always read about when we talk about Gen X is we are invisible, which you kind of mentioned as women in general. Um, we're forgotten, the forgotten generation. And we're also, when it comes to like politics and the way the world is run, we I, we are the silent majority. And yeah. so for whatever reason, and maybe we can dig into this a little bit, we're silent, we're quiet, we don't tell our stories, we don't use our voice. And I don't know if that's the carryover from boomer parents, the mm -hmm. um, be seen, don't be heard kind of thing. You or know, I don't know what it is. Maybe. I mean, we're also a very cynical and sarcastic bunch. Um, we don't see True. the utopia that maybe our post-war baby boomer parents saw, or, you know, our grandparents even, you know, before them. And we're not woke, so to speak, as millennials and Gen Z. There's some, sure. I think, an overall resistance from that of, I think we don't tend to see the sunny side. <laughs> so throw some politics at us and we're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I, th I think we're realists. Is at maybe least that's, that's what, I, that's what I think. And so, I, okay, this is me that get off the lawn side of me. But when, <laughs> I, when I look at the 
the woke version of things, it's kind of like we're trying to erase history and the utopia that they're trying to build just isn't, it's not possible. It just isn't. No, you know, there, there has to be some realism there. And I think that um, a lot can be said for the stirring the pot and the awakening of social injustice and, um, you know, all the things. And I think we're naturally resistant to that, just like our parents were naturally resistant to what we were bringing about. Sure. But, you know, in all fairness, there, there is good to that. But yeah, for where we're coming from, it's like, honey, you can't erase history. Yeah, exactly. We need to glorify it. Do you know? There's some shit that needs to be talked about. There is some change to be made. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But it can't be erased. It needs to be faced. And well, these things happened, right? And happened. You, you can't well, it's erase like our it. own personal histories. Right. You know, right. You can't get a- away with denying a historical happening. It carved the way, good or bad. And it's up for up to us to. Uh, you know, and and on that point, they seem to be doing a lot more about things than we are. Sure. Um, and you know, and again, we're in the middle, and we're really—I don't know what the stats are, but I bet we vote less than our two sandwich generations at this point. That would be interesting to know. I, yeah. I don't know. Well, but our numbers literally are smaller. They literally are but, smaller. And you know what, though, I think is interesting. Again, this is thinking about myself and my friends. I know a lot of us. Uh, I did, but a lot of us did not vote for many years. We had zero interest in politics exactly. and what was going on in the world. Mm-hmm. But again, at the age we are now, especially with the whole COVID nonsense and all of that, I think many of us were suddenly going, what the mm, is going yeah. on in the world? And yes. I now need to get involved and understand. And mm-hmm. I do have a voice and I have an opinion yeah. and what is going on? But because yeah. this is not okay. And and yeah. I, you know, I hear uh, my, my older, the older, the boomers that are all looking at the world going, what is happening to my world? This is not my country. This is not my world. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we feel some of that. Yeah. I, I think that we are right there in the middle. It's like a tug of war whose attention yeah. is, who who's going to get Gen X's attention and finally get them to stop being so cynical, come out and vote, um, pick a team. I know we don't need to pick a team. Um, but I think well, we, there is... where's the middle team. That's what I want to know. <laughs> we are, um, yeah, but we need to build our own team. That's the yeah. thing. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I get what grandpa's saying, but Oh, does grandpa really need to say that? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Do you have to believe... use those words? Oh, no. I can't believe you said that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we are. It's like, listen, grandpa, I get it. Get off my lawn. But... Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go around saying that anymore. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. That's just funny. The words that I think our parents used and, you know, older. Oh, a lot God. of the words were like, what? No, you cannot say that. You cannot uh, yeah. say that. It makes me cringe just to think sometimes. <laughs> I know. So like, you know, let's look uh, towards our next generation to come and, you know, give them some gratitude for shining the light. But let's find a way to well, work together on resolutions and learn from one another. You know, sure. I think that's, I think that's where we are. We're, um, particularly with millennials and Gen X is the resistance to learn from one another. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. There is definitely a battle between us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And we look at them and say, well, I don't give a shit. <laughs> They're like, you right. have to. Oh, nah, yeah. No, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I lived are. through that. I lived with it. And as you know, we, yeah. Yeah. So that's but we what are. You, that was our political, um, soapbox there right (laughs) so i think you know when we circle back to um women and where we are in and maybe you're at that beginning the curve of 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 happiness you know you're at the top of it or whether you're more so where i'm at where i've 
I've dipped that curve and I'm looking out the other end. Um, you know, what do you do when you start missing who you were and, you know, start grieving the death of some dreams? Um, maybe start acting recklessly. How do you pull yourselves out of that? Hmm. That's a good question. And maybe it's a, a matter of identifying why you're doing it. First of all, mm -hmm. what is it? You're, you're looking for something. What yes. are you looking for? Mm -hmm. What is it that you are looking for? Is it, are you looking for love? Are you looking for fun? Are you looking for freedom? Are you, what is it? I mean, or maybe it's all of those things that yeah. takes you on that journey. Um, but it's a lack. I'm yes. going to say. Yeah. There's I would some, say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, the word freedom could probably encompass everything. What do you want freedom from? Yeah. You know, financial freedom, independence, um, freedom in your own skin. I mean, God, let's talk about that. Now we're also going through massive Met menopause and yeah, <laughs> garbage. And like, who is this person that's looking yeah. out the mirror at me? Um, yeah. It's what a crazy time. And I know that's not, you know, Gen X exclusive. Every woman has Goes an evolution, it, but... and this is the phase of life our generation happens to be in. Whether you're perimenopausal or menopausal, or you know, not recognizing your own body anymore—that's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your own body and even your own mind, in a way, right? Because right. Anxiety ties into a lot of this and depression ties into a lot of this. And a lot of, I think, and at least I know this for me, we go through life for such a long time thinking everything's fine. Everything's fine. And we're all good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden something happens, some sort of triggering situation where you kind of go, okay, it's not okay. So what do I do from here? Yeah. Yeah. Do I have do I need to just do I need to go deal with my history or do I need to start figuring out what it is that I want and figure out how to drive forward? Yeah. So sometimes it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. You know what? Again, just like our financial situations, we were never taught. I mean, my mother didn't know to sit me down and say, girl, listen. You think your periods are bad? Wait till you get to menopause. Um, or you're going to go through this midlife crisis or, yeah, you know, we, we just weren't taught. And how do you get on the other end of that? What are alternative therapies to hormone replacement? Um, and I know that's well, ever changing. Well, so. it is. And I don't even think our parents really had an option. It was either you do nothing or you get hormone replacements and, Hormone replacements can be dangerous, unfortunately. Um, yeah. So we have to be really careful and evaluate everything. Yeah. But, you know, I think, and, and I'm not a doctor, so I'm just speaking what I think I remember, but it seems like if you take straight estrogen um, without something else, and maybe it's with progesterone, I don't know. I, yeah, I again, it, I don't quote me, but, but it can cause Alzheimer's. Yeah. And so breast cancer, breast cancer, all kinds of stuff. And mm -hmm. so, we have to be really careful and, you know, really make sure you're doing the reading and understanding what it is you are putting in your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of that. So this is always an interesting conversation that has, is happening to our generation too. And now every generation below us, but uh, what we put on our bodies. So gluten is one of these things where for years and years and years, you know, everybody ate their bread and sure. that was a staple. Yeah, it's a staple, but now more and more people are affected by gluten because it's changed yeah. now. So our, our, our flour has more gluten in it now than it ever has. And that's thought, you know, it's GMO'd and it is uh, treated with heavy chemicals. And so it's changed what flour is in the United States. Yeah. And so people yeah. that eat bread their whole lives now can't eat bread. Yeah. So it's a constant um, learning curve. Yeah. And, and I think that um, 
that is something as we get older, we just have to understand and accept that you're, you're allowed to, I mean, you got, you got Google for crying out loud, Google every decision and Gen Xers are good at that. Use that. It's it's there in front of you. Um, Be your own, be your own advocate. You know what? I don't don't feel good when I eat a sandwich. What is that all about? Right. You know, um, and you have some, you know, curmudgeons that were like, well, I grew up on dairy milk and bread and cereal and Captain Crunch. And, you know, I was fine. Well, like you said, it's not processed the same way because now it's mass produced with a ton of chemicals, GMO, uh, everything soy based, which is another estrogen. Mm -hmm. That's a phytoestrogen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, you have to educate yourself first and foremost, check in with your body. What am I feeling? Where am I feeling it? Start eliminating things and, and determine, do I feel better? I do feel a little better when I cut out bread. Mm-hmm. Now cut out sugar. Now cut out alcohol. Now, you know, and start determining where I am that makes me feel good. You have to. You cannot just go by, well, shoot, I drank Tab Cola and ate donuts. Oh, God, Tab. Just, <laughs> uh, tab and Fresca. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, chock full of aspartame. That was fine. Mm, yeah. But, Anyway, be that, your own. that kills rats. Anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and millennials. <laughs> no, I meant to say Gen X, but also millennials. Stay away from that. Yeah. Um, be your own advocate. Use that search engine for your your optimal health as well as uh, you know whatever is you're searching. You know, we look at reviews for everything. Um, to make our decisions, and and that carry that carries on to Gen X too, or uh, the millennials. But I know for our for us, we always are looking at reviews to decide. Okay, do I want to go to this restaurant? Um, do I want to stay at this hotel? You know, yeah. all of these things are important to us. And so, if you're doing that for your for your travel and for your dining pleasures and for buying, you know, whatever. Like my husband is a huge proponent of YouTube videos to figure out how to do electronic thing and buy electronic things. So it's like, okay. So, I mean, you know, it's the same thing, but if you're having challenges with your health, do the research. Mm -hmm. Um, If your gynecologist recommends um, hormone therapy that includes estrogen or, or, you know, whatever it is, research it, research it, Um, make sure you're comfortable with it. What is your family history of um, uterine, ovarian, uh, breast cancer? Know yeah. what you're getting into and don't just take the word for it. And again, assess and check in. Um, there's a, where's my, oh, there was a quote um, and I had it on my phone <laughs> from this book. Damn it. It's in the other room um, about writing that that curve, that happiness curve, that it doesn't, you can surf that wave. And it's, it's true with um, every challenge, this, as the old, you know, old saying goes, this too shall pass that, you know, dig in, understand yourself. Where is this coming from? Ride that wave and it'll pass. Yeah, it doesn't you may feel some despair and some frustration right now as you're starting the journey, but trust the process. This is evolution. You're going to go through it again later down the road. You know, at some other crossroad of your life's journey. But um, what I loved about it was just that reminder of this too shall pass. Ride yeah. that wave. and We'll see you on the other side but make smart choices for yourself. Make smart choices. And, you know, I think there's a thing that I'm working on too. Um, it's part of my healing stuff, but one of the things they had us do was to try to get in touch with our elder self. And when I say elder, I'm talking a hundred years or plus. Right. And so this kind of ties into that because you you'll ride the wave, but if you're talking to your elder self, what advice are they going to give you to help you ride that wave and what is the ultimate advice that your elder self might give you. And so 
I think if we think about that, I don't know if we're all going to come up with the same thing, but I think the majority of us are going to come up with something similar. And it's going to be live with no regret regrets because you don't want to be on your deathbed full of regrets. That's not right. a good place to be. Right. And so as you're le- doing the wave, right, what what can you do? What adjustments can you make to your life and to the way that you uh, treat yourself and the way that you talk to yourself? What are the things that you can do to let go of regret? Because mm-hmm. I think this is important and, you know, and, and do things. And I know like one of my big things is to stop um, holding myself back in fear, to start living my life to the fullest. And that's what I want for everyone else. So why do I limit myself? And I need to stop doing that. And so, um, but I, but I think these are things that we need to think of as we are in this point in our life. Who do we who do we want to be? How do we want to be known? How do we want to be perceived? And in the end, when it's all over, what do we want people to be left with a memory of us? What is, what is right, that? And so right. we have to make that for ourselves. She lived in joy, or did she live in regret? I I love that whole um, talking to the elders, and then you, you know you you mentioned talking to your younger self. That whole mm-hmm. generational, internal, and generational. Um, sisterhood you have within your own ha- your own head your own heart that you yep. can glean so much wisdom oh, go yeah. heal that child check in with yourself go talk to grandma ramy right check, check in with grandma bonnie she's going to yeah. tell you some stories yeah um and it really comes from this is the the legacy i want to leave so you start from there and work down okay what is my legacy yeah how am I going to yeah. get there? Yeah. And that old lady's cool. I want to be that old lady. Right. <laughs> so I got to get there. Yeah. You know, and as you were saying that too, I was thinking about that, you know, all of it's within us, you know, and that's what we say too with coaching is that it all lies within you. It just, sometimes you need help pulling it out. And that's what right. we do as coaches is help you yeah. pull good stuff yeah. and the bad stuff out. But really the, the good stuff mm-hmm. is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um. There was something else as we were talking that came back to what I forgot when I was like the next thing I want to talk about and we didn't get there. So it finally came back up in my brain, but um, something else that's important, right? Absolutely. Um, One of the things that a lot of us are going through, if you had kids, you're probably at a point where you're turning into an empty nester. Yeah. Um, And so I think that probably happens to a lot of people in their, I don't know, in our group, RH shoots, I don't know. Well, goodness. A lot of my in, friends yeah. still have high schoolers. So <laughs> I know. Gosh. It's like you you look at someone that's 45 and you know, you can have two two women the same age in the room. One just sent her last child off to college while one is potty training. Yes. <laughs> just, absolutely. I wonder if we're the only generation that has that um that aspect of it. I don't know. I mean I suppose there was the oopsie babies in the forties. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, I think you know, and they had a lot of them had lots of kids, and so mm-hmm. that was a continuation. But I think I don't. I think it was rare for the first child to be at forty years old. Yeah. Um. But we're in our generation; it's common. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if that'll continue to be true from generations on. Now, now that the you know. The tech, the technology is there. Whether our bodies really like it, um, mm-hmm. there are ways to make it happen. So I would I imagine know. so, and that that might be a, you know a good thing for the up and coming generations of women. That uh, let's hope that the the path is easier for them to make choices based on where they are in life and where they want to be. You know, go to college, have that career, have that confidence that you are. Um, treated equally um have your baby when you want to there's no ticking time clock yeah and that um, and but and you know and i think as we say that there's still some we should be able to have it all mm-hmm. and all at once and that's the thing because if we can manage it then we should be able to have it but i think so many women are led to believe that you either have a family or you have a career yeah. and having both is either impossible or extremely difficult um and I would say that it is probably extremely difficult if you don't have a good support system. Yeah. So, okay, men, um, you got to step up. So. Well, 
I mean, that's one thing this um, Ada Calhoun it talks about a lot in her book um, is the fact that because we were handed the torch by our mothers who burned their bras and fought for the right to vote and, you know, passed Roe versus Wade and, and the whole equal thing. Well, we are still to this day not paid equally. It's true. Um, there's discrimination left and right. We So we still have a long ways to go. But we Gen X's were handed this, almost this desperate torch of please go out there and do it. Um, there's this, you know, I want to be a nurse when I grow up. Well, why can't you be a doctor? Um, so, you know, I want to be a teacher. Well, you should be a president. Um, sure. <laughs> so women went into their adulthood thinking, I have to have it all. I yeah. owe it to my grandmothers who fought for this right. Sure. So um, it's like that um, that old commercial, uh, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, and never let yeah. you forget you're a man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what God. was that for? Anjali. Anjali, the perfume. Anjali. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> never ever let you forget you're a man. So, you know, the the man one time does the dishes so she can take a bubble bath. Like, oh, thanks, mister. <laughs> well, and we have to give gratitude when they do something. Yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> Whatever. All um, right. <laughs> so, yes. Millennial men and Gen Z men, step it up. Step it up, brother. Step it up. You are a team. Yeah. It's a partnership. Absolutely. Anyhow. Absolutely. So I think there is that that pressure or, you know, maybe it's fading out a little bit. But, you know, in the 80s and 90s, those, those young women coming up felt that pressure to have everything. And good Lord, unless you have a really strong support system, you can't. You just yeah. can't. You just can't. And now you're it's, crashing and burning. It's tough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. And yeah. So that's where we are. Mm-hmm. We're working yeah. on ourselves. We're doing our things. And we, are. we love 80s music because we just do. And you know what? <laughs> I, I think about this. And again, do all generations do this? But if you look back and I look back and when I do this, I go, okay, well, I love 80s music. I like 70s music some 90s music but from there i don't know what happened oh it, yes. it doesn't have any personality and now does everybody think that i don't know uh, <laughs> you know what i i i think they probably do um my husband who is he was born in uh, 1962 so yeah i mean he's not that much older but he's technically baby boomer, boomer yeah um his taste in music tends to be the heavy metal old rock and roll this is mine too. Um, My husband's the same. Yeah, yeah, which which I like, but he'll, you know, that was the shit back then. Whereas I'm more eighties. I anything from the the eighties hair bands to Madonna. I love me some Madonna to this day. Yeah. I'm gonna rock <laughs> to that. Um, yeah. And he'll. We both cringe sometimes at each other's playlists. Sure. <laughs> oh, we do too. So but. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but both of us can agree. Like, oh, that's terrible. You call that music when <laughs> you listen to the. All music. right, so I have to ask, what is your, uh, um, like in between music that you both appreciate? I think we really like some of the um, early '80s, what you would call hair metal bands, like okay. Van Halen, Aerosmith. Um, Sammy Hagar. Poison, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we we both fight over who loves Sammy Hagar more, me or him. Okay. It's me, it's me. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we can definitely find playlists that we will enjoy. Um, yeah, I think we end up with uh, Yacht Rock is probably what I would consider our medium, where we yeah. both are like, okay, we both like this. So, anyway. yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah. Anyway, so let's um just give a shout out to our Gen X women. We feel you, we see you, we hear you. Um, and you're not alone. And you know, like we were saying, just be your own advocate, do your research. Um join our Facebook group. Yes. <laughs> we want to see you there. Yeah. We want to hear your voice. Yes. Little little business plugs here. We are here for you to coach you. Um we 
are very much uh, like-minded. We have different aspects just from our ages where we can address where you are now, each of us individually. Um, and I also want to give a little um, mention to our millennials and our Gen Z listeners out there. Um, we love you. We're not against you. We hear you, see you also. Um, help us understand and be open to understanding us as well. And I yeah. think together we can we can rock this world. We will we'll fix some stuff. So we don't mean to pick on you. Okay. Yes, we do. Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No more so than you pick on us. Okay. And exactly. Don't, well, they don't even know we exist. So we're all yeah. boomers, so we don't exist. Yeah, so hi, exactly. we're here. Hello. We're here. Hello. We exist. Yeah. <laughs> we are called Gen X, and don't poke sticks at us because we're very mean and sarcastic when cornered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so I think as as we go out, I do want to make sure that our audience knows that we are adding a new segment to our show, and oh, so. Yes. Coming forward, we'll start next week. We will start doing some coaching uh, live on the show. So we're really excited to do this. And if you are interested in participating in this, again, Facebook's probably the best way to catch us. But if you would like to be coached on the show, um, go to our Conversations on Life, Work, and Love Facebook page and send us a note and let us know that you're interested in being coached live. So yes. we will have our first, as I said, next week, and that will not necessarily be everything that we do going forward, but we will be doing a lot of that because yeah. we want you to see what it's like to be coached. Exactly. Exactly. All right, everyone go out and have a wonderful week and be nice to each other. Let's learn from one another until next week. Until next week. Join us every Thursday for more conversations on life, work, and love. And when you're ready to find your own voice and your own path towards a well-lived life, we'd love to be your coaches. Reach out to us through our websites. You'll find me, Ramey, at renovatedrealities.com. And you'll find me, Bonnie, at bonnieblackstone.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to review, rate, and follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.